Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church on this Lenten wilderness journey toward the cross and the empty tomb. My name is Danny Deeth. And I'm Connie Hapel. And we are honored to be the pastors here at First Presbyterian. It's my joy to welcome you to worship today. This is a first for us. It will be the first time when Danny and I are the only ones in the sanctuary for worship. So we welcome those of you who are members of this congregation, those who are part of our regular television and online community, and those of you who are joining us for the first time. Today, we'll be immersing ourselves in the joy of the 23rd Psalm and in John 9, which is Jesus healing the blind man. And since so many of you are new, we wanted to introduce you to our worship space here at First Presbyterian Church. Come, join us. This sanctuary has been here since 1862. It has been through fire. It has been rebuilt and renovated. It has been the the site of so many faithful and worshiping Christians. But what makes this space special is not the beauty of the woodwork. It's not the beauty of the stained glass. It is that this is God's house It is that the presence of Christ is here and that you and me and all of us are here together as God's family. That's what makes this space special and sacred. Let us worship God. Our first lesson comes from John's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming and no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then the man went and washed and came back and was able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus 
made mud and spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. And then I went and I washed and I received sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson, which hits us well in this fourth week of Lent, as we are in a unique situation, our culture, our nation, and the world really is looking for some guidance, looking for some hope. And it is that the 23rd Psalm is God's word to us in this time. A familiar bit of scripture that most of us know in some way or the other, but I invite you to hear it with fresh ears today. When we use it at memorial services, we usually use the King James Version because of its poetry, its traditional soothing and warmth. I'm intentionally reading the New Revised Standard Version so we can hear it just a little bit different so that it can speak new words to us today. Listen, 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. Excuse me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we are, friends. Awkward, different for you, awkward, different for us, and yet united by the Spirit of Christ in which we are gathered in homes and churches all around the world today to continue to praise God no matter what is happening external, whatever happening externally in the world or internally, we will worship God. So thank you for being there today again. Um, This is our first pass at this, something new, something different. So we thank you that you were with us. So do you remember, excuse me, back in the day, the 70s and the 80s, KTEL records. And at that time, it was records, it was vinyl. And they would want you to buy their collection of songs, popular songs from different genres. Maybe it's classic rock, maybe it's folk music, maybe it's light music, maybe it's top 40. And they would have their commercials on TV and they'd have the narrator who would say things like, and who can forget that song from yesteryear? And then they'd play just a little snippet of a song. And then they'd move on, and through the commercial, they would play several of those for you to buy your KTEL record. Well, today, friends, you are in for a treat, because today you are receiving 
what could evolve into KTEL's COVID-19 greatest hits. So here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> so come with us to the days of yesteryear. Who can forget this classic hit by Billy Ocean from the 1980s? She dashed by me in painted on hazmat suit. All heads were turned as she purchased her fruit. In the blink of an eye, her shopping cart was done. She said, if you take one step closer, I'll call 911. COVID-19, well, we're all under quarantine, but our hearts all beat as one. Staying home can be fun. Or how about this from the 80s from our friends, Huey Lewis and the News. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true that I'm happy to be stuck with you. Look around at the people next to you. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. I'm so happy to be stuck with you. And I can see, I can see that you're happy to be stuck with me. And how about back to the 60s? An oldie but a goodie from our friends Peter, Paul, and Mary. Where has all the TP gone? Long time passing. Where has all the TP gone? Long ago. Where has all the TP gone? The shelves are empty, everyone. When will we ever learn? When will we ever learn? And finally, an American classic from our friend Neil Diamond. <clears throat> Everywhere around the world, they practice social distancing. Every time a cough is heard, they practice social distancing. Need to go to the grocery store, then practice social distancing. To stop the spread of this virus more, then practice social distancing today. 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 My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Of the icing today. You can get your KTEL COVID-19 greatest hits during today's blue light special at your local Kmart store. Thank you.
Thank you. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Sit down. Sit down. A standing ovation. You're crazy. I'm, I am a humble man, but thank you. Thank you. Now, we are all in the midst of COVID-19. We need not sugarcoat it. Whether for you, this is a lonely and an isolated place, or whether for you, it's a minor inconvenience, or it's not even on your radar. The facts are that our culture, our city, and the world is kind of wrapped up in this, and this has got us for now. We can't remember that what might be a minor inconvenience to some is pure fear for others. Many have lost their jobs, restaurants, and all of the associated employees, vendors, all in the chain of all of those businesses that were supported by gatherings are all affected by this. If you're alone and you live alone, this could be an even more scary time. But I want you to know that we are with you and God is with you. The words from today, from the 23rd Psalm, couldn't come at a better time in our lectionary cycle. We are in the fourth week of Lent. We are closing in on Palm Sunday and Easter. And we, this year, our theme has been the wilderness. Ironic, since at the beginning of our journey, we had no idea the wilderness we would be in together in this Lenten journey as the virus has pushed us all to the places where we are. What then do we do in the midst of this valley? What hope then is there, whether we are minorly disrupted or this has been a life-altering event? Well, we take a look at Scripture and God's Word to us. That's who we are, and this is why we follow. So the 23rd Psalm, we know we have a sense of If nothing else, it is often used in memorial services. (coughs) Excuse me. Because of the way that it speaks to us, the way that it speaks of God's presence and comfort to us in difficult times. The 23rd Psalm we attribute to David, who we know went through a lot in his lifetime. He had many highs and he had many lows. To fully understand the 23rd Psalm, all you need to do is go look at the 22nd Psalm, the one prior. The very first verse that Jesus quotes on the cross at his crucifixion, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me and left me all alone? And through Psalm 22, again attributed to David, he lists all of the ways that he is struggling and struggling mightily. But what it's important to see is the last third of that Psalm 22, it shifts. And David turns back to God to start to tell about the wonders of God, God's love. God's grace, God's presence to us. And so by the end, 
David has not been resolved of all of his issues, but he is proclaiming in the midst of that valley that God is sovereign, that God is God, that God is all-powerful, and he knows that God will pull him through his specific issues. And then right away, the 23rd Psalm, as if to say whatever he had been through in the 22nd Psalm, now he was giving thanks for this song of presence from God. So let's take a look at it specifically as we go through these six verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Think about that. I shall not want. In America, that's what we do. That's who we are. You don't need another sermon about materialism except that we often don't change even though we know it. Things in material acquisition are not bad in and of themselves until they take us over and it's what we live for. How many times in the last week did you order from Amazon? Just because you could. Because it felt like you had some control. If I get a little bit of this and I get a little bit of that, we're, we're hunkering down, so maybe some of this and some of that. Again, that's not all bad in and of itself. But if we're doing that for comfort, for connection to the outside world, because somebody's got to come deliver, and oh, we got a package, it's a little Christmas every day we order. But what we need to do is to fill that void and take opportunity that we are in now to fill ourselves not with stuff, but with the opportunity to allow God to be our shepherd. We need not want anything more than God. Wants and needs, a very big part of this exploration of the 23rd Psalm. Okay, so God is our shepherd. As we know, we are the dumb, smelly sheep And God is our shepherd who cares for us, who walks with us, who never leaves us. That's, friends, is good news right there. Secondly, makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, and restores my soul. Green pastures, still waters, restores my soul. Aren't we in that place where we need God to lead us to these places? Just envision, use your imagination, place yourself somewhere beside still waters, beside a beautiful lake with a pasture right there that you could lay down on a cool but sunny day, the warm sunlight on your face, and in that process, Because we know God is our shepherd and present, God restores our soul. If nothing else in this process, we've been overwhelmed the last few weeks with bad news, with what-ifs, with misinformation, with isolation, so many things threatened in our day-to-day walk. 
We need our souls to be restored. We're not unlike the woman at the well we talked about last week in John 4. She lived an awful and terrible and isolated life. And she met Christ at the well who said, hey, how about some living water? Because your life is parched, I can tell. You pretend like it's not, but it is. And I can offer you a remedy to that. Listen to me, be in my presence, believe in me, and you will not thirst. In the same way, God is seeking to restore us, to fill our souls that are parched. We are crying out for our souls to be nourished and fed in healthy spiritual ways. We can take advantage of that time today and in the coming weeks and maybe even months. This is a Lent like no other, a journey like no other, and it will be remembered. How will you use your time? Even if you're home and working from home, you still have a little more freedom. You might be able to sleep in a little more. You might be able to have a little freedom here and there. Students, I know you're working all day, but you're probably sleeping in a little bit too. This is your chance to focus and have your souls restored by God who is our shepherd and God who is our provider. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All right, so here we are for some of us in the valley. There's an actual valley in Palestine, as I understand it, that's some 1,500 feet in length, height, and about four miles across. And at the bottom, it's 10 to 20 feet across. And every year, the shepherd has to take his sheep through that pass in the migration to go where the pastures are. And it is in that little place at the bottom where wild dogs can attack other predators, where thieves and bandits can be waiting. That is in the valley in a very physical way. But the shepherd doesn't go around. The shepherd doesn't leave his flock and say, go feed and then come back through. He goes with them and he walks with them. Our Lenten journey is about taking a look inward to identify those things that separate us from God and from one another as we prepare for Christ on the cross and Christ being raised on Easter morning. But in order to do that, we have to have the hard work. We have to open ourselves to be vulnerable, to engage these issues. Well, and you may say, well, I'm, I'm not in the valley. My life is fine. You know darn well that even if you're not in the valley, you have been and you will be. It's a fact of our life. No matter what we do, no matter how faithful we are or we seem to be or are not, 
we will find ourselves in difficult places. There's an old joke, as many of these are structured, with a priest and a rabbi, and they're playing golf. And the priest is whooping up on the rabbi. It's not so much the long shots, rabbi's holding his own, but it's the putting. The priest is knocking him out. The rabbi is doing a terrible job putting. So the rabbi notices that the priest crosses himself each time before he puts, and he's doing so poorly. The rabbi says, you know, I see what you're doing. You're doing pretty well. Would you mind if I crossed myself before I putted? The guy said, well, the priest said, sure, I, I don't care, but it's, it's not going to work. And the rabbi said, well, well why not? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a Jew and I don't, don't believe in the cross. He said, no, because you're a terrible putter. We can try to fool ourselves to say, if we only have faith enough, if we do our rituals and rites, if we take communion, if we read scripture, if we go to church, if we only believe, if we only do the things we're supposed to do as Christians, then we will be spared from the valley. Hear me, friends, it ain't the case. I wish it was. Even Christ said, the rain will fall on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. But what we need to know about God in this poem, in this song, is that God doesn't take the darkness away. God is with us in that darkness. Because as it says in Psalm 139, the dark is not dark to you. So we don't, in fact, walk this journey alone, when we engage in moments of darkness and fear and tragedy and doubt, God doesn't swoop in and take all that pain away. I wish it was true. But what we know is that God is with us in that moment. We do not walk alone, and we are going to come out on the other side. In a small way, think about a child who skins their knee after they fell off their bike. As of what does a parent do? Well, they hold that child till that initial bit of crying stops. The parent kisses that child and holds them tight. Does that take the pain away? Well, no. Does it mean that there's not a wound, an ouchie that has to heal after that? Well, no. But that child knows that they are not alone. Somebody holds them and is loving them. That is exactly what God does for us in difficult situations. Being in the valley is a part of being human. And if we deny it, it can only come out in unhealthy ways. There's a lady whose name is Sheila Walsh, and she was a host, an author, a Christian singer, co-hosted a show on the 700 Club, Sheila Walsh. And she was great. Although internally depressed, she would suppress all of that because she was living a high-profile Christian and adult existence. She was on TV. She couldn't be honest. And finally, one day, she was on the show, and she asked their guest, how are you doing today? And the guest turned it back on her and said, Sheila, you always ask us, how we're doing, but how are you doing? She was so startled that she couldn't come, with a, come, back, come back with a comeback. She couldn't respond. She broke into tears on air, and by that night, 
She had checked herself into a clinic. She came back and she came back strong. But she engaged in that time that position of what is perceived as weakness, but it is the only way that we can move forward. And not only did she find her strength in God and herself and her life again, but she was then able to help thousands of others who pretend and put on the facade as if everything is great every day and there's no valley around here. Look at my Facebook. We're on the beach, we're in the mountains. We're doing great things, all the kids are perfect. Everything is fine. That is detrimental to our life. Sheila found that out and decided that she could be Christ for others. And at the end of the day, with this New Testament story, with Jesus healing the blind man, he was able to see, he was blind from birth, able to see in a brand new way that he never had before because he was in Christ's presence. He first mentioned Christ as the man Jesus did this. Then later he said the prophet did this. And finally, when Jesus goes to find him again, he says, you are my Lord. Man, prophet, Lord. Not a bad way to progress in our understanding of who Christ is. So as we find ourselves, all of us, in this COVID mess today, we're going to be here for a little while. Do not let this overtake you. Do not let this define you and your life. Take precautions. Social distance. Be smart, but go outside. Use this time to rediscover your family, your friends, a book. Let God restore and feed and renew your soul. Learn enough on the TV to be educated about current news and what's going on, but don't leave it on in the background and don't surround yourself with it 24-7. It will negatively impact on you and bring your spirit and soul down. Take some time to smell the pollen in these next couple of weeks. And know that no matter where you are in the valley, just looking over, things are generally okay, or on the bottom, that this has been a life-altering change. That our God is a God who is a shepherd and a host who seeks to fill our cup till it overflows. That is lifelong abundance in his joy, his grace, and his love. This is an intimate God that will not leave us. So open yourself to this and, like Sheila did in her situation, look to see how we can help others. Every day, there are scared people. How do we reach them and get to them and help them? And we will come out of this season of this virus God is so much bigger, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer God. Be God's people. Use your valley vision to reconnect and let God restore your soul and to help others have their soul restored as you help them through Christ. Let's go and let's live it. We hunker up, we don't hunker down. Hallelujah. Amen.